We're entering again into this message. And today's message is going to be done in two parts, right? Uh, uh, this is the first leg today, and then we'll have another leg next week. So be ready for that. Our message is going to be in two parts. If you remember the second message in this series, uh, we touched on adversity, excuse me, intimacy. And in that, uh, in, in that, we recognize that in order to have real relationships, there must be a sense of intimacy. In fact, we said that intimacy must be a cornerstone in order to have real relationships. There has to be intimacy in your relationship if it's going to be real. Well, today we're going to talk about intimacy a little bit deeper and a little bit more uh, comprehensively and what intimacy actually looks like. Now, most of us conflate intimacy uh, uh, with sexual intimacy, right? Whenever we hear intimacy, we hear sex. And as soon as you hear sex, most people's ears perk up, right? And while sexual intimacy is a part of being sexual human beings, God created us to be sexual human beings, intimacy in and of itself does not require a bedroom. All right, I want you to understand that as we go into this. You do not need a bedroom in order to be intimate. You don't have to be sleeping with someone in order to feel close. Intimacy is defined as close similarity or friendship, closeness. It is the connectedness between two parties, whether they be familial in a family relationship, platonic to friends, or romantic. It may look different depending on the type of relationship that you are in, but I want to stress to you today that if you are looking for healthy, healing, and whole relationships in Jesus, intimacy has to be a big part of that. And that brings us to the title of today's message, Relationships, Relationships, Intimate Emotionally. And today we are focusing on emotional intimacy. Emotional intimacy is an aspect of interpersonal relationships that varies in intensity from one relationship to another and varies from one time to another. Simply put, emotional intimacy involves the elements of your relationship with someone that helps define the closeness in your relationship. Emotional intimacy is so important, but it's so forgotten, honestly. I think, especially as males, right, and I'm just speaking for myself, uh, I think that oftentimes there is a persona that men are supposed to carry and they're supposed to be these people that are stoic and don't have real deep emotions and that struggles when it comes and that causes a struggle when it comes to connecting with someone else with connecting with a wife or a girlfriend because that need for emotional closeness is being hampered by your inability to be emotional in fact i was listening to a podcast earlier this week and it was talking about why certain people do the things they do. Specifically, they were talking about when men, right, and why men enjoy going to what they call uh, gentlemen's clubs or strip clubs. There's a growing debate that while many men, of course, go to these establishments because of the sensuality and the atmosphere and what they can get from it from a physiological point of view, 
Many of them also go because of the desire for them to have an intimate connection for emotional intimacy. They go because they're lacking emotional intimacy or they don't know how to foster emotional intimacy. If we are created to have healing and whole relationships, we are also created to be emotionally intimate with other human beings. God himself sets the example for us in the beginning of time. Remember when Adam and Eve were first created and walking in the Garden of Eden and walking in paradise, at the end of each day, if you know your scripture, God actually walks with mankind. He walks with Adam and Eve in what the Bible calls the cool of the day. Every evening, God walked with Adam and Eve. He spent time with them. He got close with them. There was a sense of intimacy between the two of them. And if we are created to have healing and whole relationships, we are created, if we are created, excuse me, if God, the creator of the universe, values emotional intimacy with human beings like Adam and Eve, we human beings, we human beings must also value emotional intimacy. We must see emotional intimacy as integral to our spiritual, social, and psychological development. I'm saying this one more time. If you want to grow as a person, you have to believe that emotional intimacy is important for you in your maturation. If you want to grow as a person, if you want to grow spiritually, you need to believe that emotional intimacy is a part of your maturation. Because if you can't be emotionally intimate with God, it's going to struggle. you're going to struggle to be emotionally intimate with other people. So here's what I want for us to walk away with as we dive into our points this morning. Ready? The first thing that you need to grasp is that emotional intimacy demands acceptance at its core. Emotional intimacy says that acceptance is important and, is a, and is, a, is, a, is, a, is a foundational building block in order for intimacy to occur. What does that mean? Let's first look at the definition of acceptance. I don't want for, to trip you all up, so I want to make sure you understand what I mean by acceptance. Acceptance, we often view acceptance as agreement. So... What does that agreement look like? Hey, I want to get Chinese food for lunch. Okay. I accepted it, and I agreed with it. Hey, I want to get a dog. Okay. You accepted it, and you agreed with it. We, also, we often think that in order for acceptance to occur, agreement must follow. However, acceptance is also described or defined in two different ways. In a different way, rather, and let's, let's walk through it. Excuse me, agree, uh, 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 yes, acceptance. I'm all over the place this morning. Apologies. Acceptance is the action or, excuse me, agreement is the action or process of being received as adequate or suitable, typically to be admitted into a group. Willingness to tolerate a difficult or unpleasant situation. So that's what it means to agree, right? So hold up. So if acceptance doesn't necessarily mean that I have to agree 
with what's going on, that means that there's a possibility for me to accept someone or something without being in total agreement. I am willing to tolerate. I'm willing to see. I'm willing to live amongst things that maybe I don't necessarily ascribe to or wouldn't do for myself. You see, this is important for us to grasp from a cultural perspective. Our current day culture believes that if you don't agree with me, you don't accept me. If you don't agree with what I'm doing, there's no way that we can vibe together. If you don't agree with every little detail of my life, now nah, you and I can't kick it. In fact, I got to stay away from you. Now, here's, here's, here's what I want you to understand. There are times where, biblically, right, from a biblical principle point of view, if someone is living grossly outside of what God calls us to be, outside of the personhood of Christ, right, of the image of Christ, there are times where even if we love people, that distance and a sense of dissociation is necessary for our spiritual, emotional, mental, and even physical health. So I want to make sure that you understand that as we talk about that this morning. I'm not saying to go into relationships blind. You have to use discernment in relationships, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. However, disagreement does not have to mean dissociation. Me not agreeing with you doesn't mean that I still can't be close to you. Let's read Romans 14, verse 1 and 2. Ready? Let's read it. And it says, Welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do and don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with, even if it seems that they are strong in their opinions but weak in their faith. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. And yes, if we read the scripture, we know that Paul is actually talking about uh, newer Christians to older Christians, right? Newer believers to older believers. That there's like a learning curve. That everybody has a different lifestyle. Everybody has gone through different things. Everybody has a different history. So it causes people to see the world and navigate through the world in, a, in their own way, even if we think we believe the same things. But I want to tell you that that's not only applicable to your relation to, to, to the church being young Christians and elder Christians. I think that's applicable to how we navigate through relationships, period. I want to challenge you to apply this to your relationships where you desire a sense of emotional intimacy. It says in Romans 5, 15 verse 7, Therefore, accept one another just as Christ also accepted us to his glory, to, for the glory of God. That means... If we look at the two scriptures, Romans 15 is right after Romans 14. Paul is reemphasizing again, in order for you to live in unity and closeness, there are times where you have to be willing to accept someone who is different from you, even though they are different from you. And emotional safety can't, excuse me, emotional intimacy can't happen without safety. Y'all understand what I'm saying here? Do you get it? You can't have emotional intimacy if there is a lack of safety between you and that person. If both people don't feel safe within that relationship, you, and that means that, 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 that you're not going to disown me 
because of some of the opinions that I have. You're not going to throw me to the side because I might think differently from you. You're not going to push me away because I might do or say things differently from you. This goes back to Pastor Melissa Peters who was with, with, with us in, in January and she talked about safe space and how important it is for us in the body of Christ to create safe spaces for other people. You see, if you're going to walk along with other people, you must be willing to create a safe space for them to bring their entire selves, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And likewise, you must find relationships that allow for you to bring your whole self into that relationship. Can I get an amen, somebody? So let me ask you this question. If emotional intimacy begs acceptance, do you create a soft landing spot for people to be themselves and be accepted as they grow in maturity in Christ? Or do you come with heavy expectations of what you think they should be, could be, would be, and will do in their life in order for you to be in a relationship with them? Do you choose to draw near to people that allow for you to bring your whole self into a relationship? Or do you choose people that, will have a, that you can have a shutoff point with and you say, this is as far as I'm willing to go because I don't want to bring my whole self. So this is the question that I ask you. In short, can I trust you to accept me? Can you trust me to accept you? That's the question that if we are believers in Christ and we want whole healthy relationships, emotional intimacy says, can I trust me to accept you? And can you trust me? Can I? I messed that up. Can I trust me to accept you? And you, can, you trust you, can I trust you to accept me? Ask yourself that question. Because emotional intimacy requires and begs for spiritual connectedness. You see, if I'm going to trust you, if I'm going to bring my whole self to you, Right? I got to be able to trust you and you got to be able to trust me because uh, the, the belief that we have to have is there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a, an understanding of spiritual connectedness that's going to exist between the two of us. Okay, so some of you are looking at me like, Lionel, what do you mean spiritual connectedness? Well, I don't get that. Well, let me tell you something. You know, even the world to a certain extent believes in spiritual connectedness. To a certain extent. Now, sometimes they infatuate it. Sometimes they uh, make it a fantasy. Some people call it as love at first sight. But when, when they talk about things, right, you hear people say, we were meant for each other. It's like we were connected. It was like we were created for each other, right? And what I want to make sure that we don't get certain things confused this morning, I want to, I want to clarify what it means when we say spiritual connected. I'm not, I'm not saying that Spiritually, we are one. That's not the case with everybody. But what I am saying is that there is a, uh, there is a, uh, um, a, uh, a bond of some sort, a link of some sort that exists between you and that person. Even in our second message, the Bible speaks of two people that were spiritually connected. If you remember, we talked about who? We talked about Jonathan and David. 
And if we read the passage, listen to what they say. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Now, I want to make sure that you understand this. The two souls don't become one. That's not what I'm saying. I know there's this aspect of soul ties, and soul ties is something that I think is complex, and we can have a Bible study about to understand what soul ties are. I'm not saying that you're, 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 it's not like a, 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 a megazord from, from Power Rangers where we all come together and we become one thing. But what it does say is that what happens in your life and what goes on with you, what goes on with us in our relationship has spiritual implications for us on our own spiritual development and our own spiritual journey. Okay, you understand what I'm saying? It's not saying that what happens is identical, but what it's saying is what happens in my life because we are walking together rubs off on you and can positively or negatively impact you. Can I get an amen? Spiritual connectedness is a marker of emotional intimacy in our relationships. When we have spiritual connectedness, we are connected to those that we are in relationship with in a way that goes beyond what we can see. You ever had that person that you just wake up thinking about? You're like, oh, snap. Like... Let me hit them up. And then you hit them up, right? And they're like, yo, I was just thinking about you. I love you, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yo, it's crazy that you hit me up right now because I'm like, I'm really struggling with something. I don't think that's a fluke. I think that's spiritual connectedness. Or what about that best friend that maybe you went away and you moved away somewhere and there's a place that you went to so you guys separated or they went away and then you come back maybe six months or 12 months or two years later and then you guys kick it for the first time and it feels like you never left. You just get back to the same old, same old. Having real conversations, having laughs with each other, maybe even sharing a tear. That's not a fluke. There's emotional intimacy that is as a result of spiritual connectedness. And specifically in romantic relationships and marriage, spiritual connectedness is vital to the strength and vitality of your relationship. If you don't have spiritual connectedness, this is where one of the few places where the Bible says the two shall become one. Not just in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense. There is a covenant that is done between a man and a woman that also links them connected before God in a spiritual matter, all right? But y'all, spiritual connectedness is intentional. It doesn't just happen. You see, we think that we're going to meet with, and that's the issue with infatuation. That's the, mission, the issue with love at first sight. You think that because you have this emotional feeling that occurs, that you think that you are spiritually connected. But then when hard times come, what do you see happen to those couples or those relationships? They, bloop, they couldn't do it because there was a lack of actual intimacy that is derived from connectedness. So I want to tell you this. We become spiritually connected when we create opportunities for us to invest in someone else spiritually. We create the chance for us to be connected in spirit unified in one accord when we create the opportunities for us to be walking with people as we walk towards God. 
When we pray with one another, that's sowing into spiritual connectedness. When we worship with one another, that's sowing into spiritual connectedness. When we spend time in scripture with one another, that's sowing into spiritual connectedness. When we engage in small groups with one another, that's, in, that's, that's, that's sowing into spiritual connectedness. You have to work at it. You got to be willing to do it. The intimacy that you are looking for emotionally requires for you to have some sort of, of connectedness spiritually with that person. And understand what I'm saying. It's going to look different for every person. I'm, I'm going to be one way with Gary, as a, and it's going to be different from the way I am with my wife. I'm going to be different from my brother as I'm going to be from my best friends growing up. It's different. It's going to vary between relationship to relationship, as we talked about in, in emotional intimacy's definition. But you have to be willing to put forth the effort to make it happen. Pursue it to make it happen. Find the opportunities to make it happen. Can I get an amen? And as we continue on and we, uh, we go to this next point, and this is going to, I'm going to lose some of y'all. I'm going to lose you. Ready? Some of y'all are going to shut me off right here, right now. Emotional intimacy flourishes when, when we are vulnerable. Emotional intimacy flourishes when we are vulnerable. What does that mean, y'all? This is directly connected to the previous point. And I need for us to be willing to understand this as we walk through. Emotional intimacy and spiritual connectedness are precious and necessary for healing healthy, whole relationships. The thing about emotional intimacy is that it requires us to be willing to reveal ourselves to others in an authentic way. If we enter into relationships with people that are close and intimate, then relationships will only grow if you are willing to show yourself. Let, let me say that one more time. Let me, let, me, let me make sure you get that. The only way that relationship that you have with someone is going to grow emotionally is if you are willing to show yourself emotionally, if you're willing to be vulnerable emotionally, if you are willing to expose yourself emotionally to other people. This is where we get, this is where we get messed up. This is what we get tweaked out. This is what we tweak out. This is what we bug out right here. We often get to a place where we have an emotional, uh, we have a relationship that emerges, whether it is a platonic relationship or a romantic relationship, and perhaps it's the very relationship that we've been asking God for. We've been going before God and say, God, this is the one, like, I've been looking for this best friend. This is the person that I've been waiting for, God. Thank you for sending them. I've been looking for this boyfriend or girlfriend. Thank you, God, for sending them my way. And we get to this place. However, once the time comes for us to be vulnerable with that other person, we become avoidant. We freeze. We back off. Uh, suddenly, we start ghosting that person. We can't hear that person no more. They're looking for us, and we haven't connected with them. We don't spend time with, any, with, with them anymore. I want you to understand this. Vulnerability requires work. Vulnerability requires emotional work. Vulnerability doesn't just happen. Vulnerability doesn't just pop out of thin air. You make a choice to be vulnerable with other people. You make a decision to open yourself up to other people. You make the effort to invest in relationships with other people. Can I get an amen, somebody? So this is what it looks like when, we, when we're vulnerable with people. Ready? We're going to walk through this. Ready? Pay attention. First off, when we're vulnerable, it requires us to spend time together. 
When we read Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25, we get the understanding that God prioritizes people of faith spending time together. Let us consider how we stir up one another to love. Let us help one another to do good works. Let us not give up on meeting together. You hear that? Let us not give up on meeting together. Let us not give up on spending time together. Let us not give up on congregating and kicking it together. Some of us need this. All of us need this, rather. Some are in the habit of doing this already. Let us encourage one another with words of hope. You have to be willing to spend time. Last week, let me share this. Last week, me and my brother Gary, we, uh, Gary, shout you out, brother. We just went out and we kicked it at the church. We just went out, had a good time, Went out and, 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 and got some food. We went to the range. We were, we were doing guy stuff. We were chilling. We had conversation. We, we, we spent time with one another. I went back to my wife and I was like, yo, I really enjoyed spending time with Gary. Like, it was dope. Like, I enjoyed it, blah, 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 blah. Then, and there was a sense of emotional connection for me. I don't know if he feels the same way. But there was a sense of emotional connection for me spending time with my brother. There was a sense of vulnerability. Let me tell you something. Stop complaining about not being close to people if you're not willing to put the time in and spend time with them. If God can do it in the garden, you can do it in real life. If God could do it in paradise, you can also do it. If God could leave where he was going, and I hate that excuse, I didn't want to leave my house. Stop complaining that you're lonely. Stop complaining that, 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 that you don't got relationships. If you can leave your house and you don't want to leave your house, if you can pick up the phone but you don't want to pick up the phone, let me tell you something. You are going to fail in the aspect of vulnerability because you're not spending time with people. Can I get an amen? Let me, let's keep it going. You need to be willing to share heartache and difficulties with one another. Vulnerability means that we push past, we push ourselves to share the things that we are struggling with or hurting from with other people. Galatians 6.2 calls us to carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Y'all, nobody is designed to walk alone. Nobody is called to do this life alone. Now, when we understand this verse, there are two things that are connected to it as well. What it means is, there, if I'm going to be vulnerable and share my heartache and my burdens with someone else, it means that I understand that I need people when I'm going through moments of difficulty and pain in order to survive. Remember that song? You are important to me. I need you to survive. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's, bad, God's body, right? That was a song that we sang growing up. Still a very strong song. You need other people. You have to have the knowledge and, the, and accept the fact that you need other people in this life. And when you do that, you must also have the knowledge and believe that if you're going to share with other people what's going on in your life, they have the ability to carry you and walk with you. And we're going to talk about boundaries again later on in this series. Sometimes we are vulnerable with people that can't carry the load. They aren't, emo they aren't emotionally mature enough. They aren't spiritually mature enough. They can't walk with you. You need to ensure that if you are going to be vulnerable with someone else, that they can carry the load and walk with you. Next, laugh together. Lionel, laugh together in order for you to be emotional? Yeah! 
Some of my most memorable moments is when I'm just, you, you know, the, you know the, the drop to the floor, your belly hurts, like your jaw starts to lock up, your throat hurts kind of laugh, right? And you can't, and then maybe you're at work the next day or school the next day and you think about it again and then what happens? You start, you start chuckling because it had an impact on you. So the Bible tells us, and it's so strong, about the power of laughter. It says that it, laughter cheers a sorrowful soul, and it brings joy to someone's heart. Science is also clear about the power of laughter. It releases feel-good chemicals in your body, and it also cements those moments that you laugh in your memory. I bet you you can remember even five years ago, 10 years ago, some of those belly laughs. When you kick it with your people, you tell your people, you remember that time that we, oh, 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 like you, you, you feel those moments. And when those moments are spent in the company of people that we are emotionally intimate with, it brings important feelings of closeness, joy, and even euphoria into our relationships. You need to be willing to laugh with other people in order to feel close to people. The Bible's very clear about the joys. When one person feels joy, we all celebrate with them. Be willing to laugh with someone. And lastly, as we get ready to close, allow room for disagreement. Create space to disagree. Romans 14 already pointed it out, but I'm going to reiterate it again. Y'all, we are all different in the body of Christ. Nobody is the same. A spouse, a wife is different from a husband. Brothers are different from sisters. Sisters different from sisters. Brothers are different from brothers. Friends are different from friends. Boyfriends are different from girlfriends. You need to keep in mind that God created you uniquely and specifically. You will never feel the same way as somebody else. But as long as those people in your life are walking, walking in biblical alignment and walk in agreement with the character of Jesus, give people space to have their own opinions. Give people space to think differently. Give people space to have different thought or do things different from you. It's okay to not agree. Because unity does not mean uniformity. We don't have to be the same in order to believe in the same God. We don't have to be the same in order to be walking with the same Jesus. And as long as you are walking with the Jesus I believe in, and as long as you are walking in alignment with his character and biblical principles, you are okay to be, I can draw, I was talking to my wife. I have a good brother, a good friend of mine, we think differently sometimes. We do things differently sometimes, and that's okay. But I feel close to this brother when we talk. I look at him sometimes, and I'm like, man, I disagree with you. And I have the, I have the freedom to disagree with him because it's okay. We can still go out to dinner and disagree. It's okay. We can still text jokes back and forth. It's okay. Sometimes you need a little space because even when we disagree, we can have strong feelings and we don't want to talk to somebody. That's okay. But we can also come back and pray together. Find out how your wife is doing. Find out how your kids are doing. How my wife is doing. How can I pray for you? How can you pray for me? We can do that and still disagree as long as you're walking in God's care and Jesus' character. Create space for disagreement. I want to challenge you today. 
Emotional intimacy does not mean you have to be on the same page as me 100% of the time. We need to drop that as a, as a human race. We need to drop that as a people. I can be close to you and understand that we're going to be different in Jesus' name. There's so much about emotional intimacy that I wish I can get further into. And I want you to understand, as Radiate continues to grow and the Radiant Collective Ministry continues to grow, we're going to have small groups where we're going to have these discussions and have questions and bounce back and forth. But what I want you to walk away with today, most importantly, is God created you to be an emotionally intimate being with other people. And if what that means is you need to be accepting of other people and other people need to accept you. What that means is that you need to be spiritually connected with people that you are going to be intimate, uh, emotionally intimate with. It means that you must be willing to, to be vulnerable with people if you are going to grow in emotional intimacy with them as well. If this is you this morning and you're going through it and you're thinking about this, I want you to bring this before God. I want you to bring this to the Lord right now. Bring yourself to God as we go before him in prayer. Father God, I thank you for the opportunity that you've given us to dive into your word today. I thank you for the chance you've given us to dive into scripture, Lord, and remind us that you've created to be emotionally intimate, Father God. Lord, allow for us to be people accepting of others, Father God. Allow for us to be people that desire to be connected with others as we grow with them intimately, Father God, in an emotional sense. And allow for us, Father, to be vulnerable with other people, to share with other people, Father God, to share our heartaches with other people, Father God, to laugh with other people, Father, to spend time with them, Lord, and to allow them to be able to disagree. Father, you've created us to be this way. You've created as your word says that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made allow for us to walk in this path as we draw close to others give us emotional intimacy as we work towards healing whole healthy relationships in jesus name we pray amen and amen god bless you people of god